three, two, one, and we're live. You're tuning into the Cosmic Children Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have a fascinating individual in the studio with me. I find what he does to be extremely fascinating to me because he is like a modern day wordsmith. And if you look at his page, you look at the things he comes up with, I find it quite astounding. Adam, um, how would you describe what you do? Thanks, buddy. Um, I think at heart, I like to call myself a storyteller and a creative, mm. but I try as much as I can to dabble into everything that has to do with words. I'm not sure if it makes sense. So I started out with wanting to be a journalist and then I just dabbled away to start a creative agency. And then I tried to help brands um, boost their, themselves in the local context, like overseas brands sell into like Southeast Asia and Singapore. But at heart, I think in general, poetry, prose, Anything that has to do with inspiring people, making people feel less alone is something that I draw close to my soul if that answers your question in a very long-winded way. Mm. So what happened to that dream of being a journalist? <laughs> <laughs> I remember those ones where, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say any names, but the chief editor of one of the articles, I think I once wanted to write an article because it was like a feature piece. I wanted to write an article that was something, I can't for the life of me remember, but I remember that the editor like called me in. So it was I wasn't answering to um, this chief editor who spoke to me. Oh, let's call it A and B. Yep. She, I was answering to chief editor A. Mm-hmm. Chief editor B was mm-hmm. there yep. just having a coffee. And chief editor A said to me, um, no, you're using too flowery language. So he literally took out a pen and was like crossing out things that I wrote. Mm. And he said that if I say, if you need to say what the sky was, just say the sky was blue. The sky was raining. The sky was whatever. And... Chief Editor B in, in the corner, I could just see him wincing and he was laughing behind his coffee. And Chief Editor A just ended it by saying, okay, but no, overall, good job, good job. Uh, yeah, uh, keep, uh, yeah, take it easy. And I think he cut my article from 800 words to like 200. Oh, wow. So I was like demoralized. And yeah. Chief Editor B told me, I, I remember word for word, he said, I think journalism for you is a cage. And mm. I don't think you want to be here. I don't think you should be here. And I think you should try something else. And that's when I started the Nova Encounter and mm. I kind of just bounced from it. So that was the inception of it? I mean, there were a few things that at play, the yep. things in my personal life and everything, but I just, I didn't want to do things just for the sake of doing it. Mm. It's kind of like, um, okay, I'll ask you, if studying uh, Tell Your Children, right? If you could earn three or four times as much working at a desk job, mm. and nothing wrong with a desk job, by mm-hmm. the way, but you felt completely unfulfilled with what you were doing, mm as opposed to doing what you do now where you get to like let your creativity bloom, right? Which would you actually pre- um, prefer? Because mm. everyone's different. It's a bit of a false choice between the two, but <laughs> if you were to paint it like that, um, I would still choose uh, to work with TYC. I think yeah. it's more, I think my view on it is a bit more uh, hyper-realistic. I think it's more of the fact that uh, there is no guarantee that you will live tomorrow. So what I would prioritize- Inspiring and dark. Nice. Yeah. So what I would prioritize is just to be, uh, just to do what I want, at least for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is literally no guarantee you, yeah. you, that tomorrow is like a, like a given to you. So there's no point in, I guess, working in a desk job, whatever that means to get four times as much, because I think that that framing of it means that it's a bit dreary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So- I had that sim- similar mindset as well. And when someone in my life, uh, yeah, someone in my life passed away, mm. I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I don't really want to just sit at a desk anymore. Mm. And so that's essentially what 
led me to where I am today. And I just wanted to do things that actually feel genuine and sincere. Yeah. So you mentioned initially um, you like poetry and you like prose. Mm. So to a layman like myself, what's the difference between the two? I genuinely prefer prose more, even though I'm more known for poetry, because I think that comes with a little bit of imposter syndrome, especially in terms of poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not me like like attempting to be like humble or anything. It's just when you put me in a room with the giants in the Singapore like poetry scene, mm. I think personally, internally, I would crumble because I'll be like, oh, I kind of don't really deserve to be here. I don't even mm. have the proper stanza. I don't. I didn't go to like proper school for it. Yep. But. At heart, I, I don't like the idea of poetry or prose having gatekeepers. I think mm. when you, the whole most important thing is you write what you feel. And with poetry, you write in a way that's, you purposely show a peek behind the curtain a lot more. But with prose, you're able to flesh things up. And poetry, it's not like you're purposely concealing things, but you're leaving things a little bit more open-ended so people can fill in some blanks on their own. Mm. Where prose, you can literally say that, this person was this, they did this, and et cetera. But with prose, uh, with poetry, there's a lot more you can play with. Mm. I'm curious to know, do you do you wish you have gotten that education to to study it? <laughs> yeah, I do mm-hmm. a lot, actually. But at the same time, it kind of is the reason why a lot of what I write is so free-flowing. So okay. I was super into hip-hop and what, hip-hop dance at one point of time. Don't okay. laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing, I'm chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I was into hip-hop dance at one point of time. Mm. Never took a proper class. Mm. I was into piano playing, uh, music composition. Didn't take a proper class as mm-hmm. well. And I remember with both of them, the moment I took a proper class for it, it wasn't that the the joy died down, but it felt like it was a bit constricted in the way that Interesting. Yeah, movement or joy was. And not that I'm saying that going to classes is bad, but for me, I think there's a lot of beauty when you explore things on your own, mm. when you're actually allowed to like it's it's kind of like you know when you go into nature reserves and it says don't don't go off from the track. Yeah, you imagine imagine that internally you're able to literally like screw it. I'm just gonna run through the field. Mm. Yeah, and mm. I think that almost feels the same way. Yep. So with regards to dance and I guess piano, do you do you notice like a certain creative thread that you have you have gathered from these past uh, hobbies of yours and now into writing? Do you notice like some similarities as to why you were drawn to dance and why you were drawn to piano? Expression. Okay. Okay. So when I was younger, I had a really bad stammer. What's a stammer? Like the, uh, the, uh, okay. I, 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 g- 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 and yep. so I remember those ones, someone was asking what my cousin was doing. I was supposed to say doctor. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's a doc, doc, doc. And everyone's like, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. And the whole class started laughing and it was like humiliating, right? And so it got to a point where I started speaking less and less mm. because I was like, oh, like whatever I say, it will end up in brief chunks anyway. Yep. I was kind of like when, it, when a song keeps buffering, you don't even want to hear the song anyway. Mm. So I started writing and I started, so that was when I was most eloquent in terms of um, expression. And I think that with dance and music, it's kind of the same thing as well. You don't have to actually, you can actually take your time in terms of the way that you express yourself. And that's what I enjoy the most about it. So, in, in, in tangential to that, what does expression tangential. mean? Tangential. <laughs> 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 I'm just coming up with words on the fly. Yeah. So what does expression mean to you then? Because I think it means different things to different people. Mm. Like what what does that word convey or even uh, help help you to visualize? Okay, so I've got a conspiracy theory, which I try to say as much, I, I try to say as little as I can before people put a tinfoil hat on me. Okay. But I think at some point of time there 
what if there's a chance that there's a robot uprising or that okay. technology gets way too advanced for us, right? If you look at all these movies, mm. uh, Terminator, Ex Machina. Oh, Ex Machina is such a good movie. Uh, have you watched Ex Machina? I have. Oh my goodness, one of my favorite films. Yeah, but like, what happens if you can't contain technology? Then mm. as a result, the robots start to overwhelm and take over, right? Mm. And you imagine that a lot of things can actually be automated. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you can't automate is creativity. And it's because we represent the human experience. We represent the human existence. So everything that you create, it should be something that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. I remember that um, I actually wrote a poetry collection called Finders and Keepers, I think four years ago. Mm-hmm. And when people purchase it and they tell me they like a certain poem, a part of me cringes. So it kind of makes me wonder why, like, how some music artists can... Like, for example, I think the lead singer of Oasis, mm-hmm. um, he kept complaining that he hates the song Wonderwall, which is like almost everyone's favorite Oasis song. Yep. But he said he's so sick of it because he wrote it so long ago and he, whatnot. Yep. And for me, a lot of the poems I've written, I, I keep going in my head, oh, I really wish that this wasn't there. I wish I wrote something better. I wish that. Mm-hmm. And so I was rushing my editor and I said, I want to publish the next, I want to publish something new. And I older sister who's also one of my confidants she told me that you you shouldn't publish things just for the sake of publishing it because everything that you put out in the universe should be something that you're proud of it should be something that represents a certain point of time mm-hmm. and there's the whole thing about creativity is where you come up you showcase to the world or you present something that only you can do only you deserve to put out there so it's very it's very easy if you use a cookie cutter um Who's that writer? Oh my goodness. I, I don't want to badmouth another writer, but okay, the Nicholas Sparks or the okay. Mitch albums of the world, right? Yep. Very famous, very popular, but there is a sequence to the way they write. There is. It's, okay, Um. Okay. there's a reason why um, A Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why after after that book came out, so many book copycats came out about two sick kids. Two sick kids, um, one has cancer, um, one is like a bad boy, Mm-mm. rebel, cancer kid, yep. and then the other girl is a very... Very sharp, very quick-witted, yep. but very cynical. And then they fall in love. Guess what happens? One of them has to die. All those kind of things, yep. right? It's very easy to come up with that kind of quick cutter storyline. But if you create something that only you can create from your own personal experience, I think that's where the beauty comes in. If you were to hypothesize, why do authors do that? Hmm. Yeah. Is it just for commercial pursuit and success? Or yeah. I think in okay, so. I don't know if you noticed, but in movies, usually when one thing comes out and it's a success, something else comes out. I think you can come with a billion examples. Um, no Strings Attached, um, that f- film came out about like a couple um, hooking up and then they fall in love. Mm-hmm. Then what was the other one? No Strings Attached, Friends with Benefits. Then if you look at, um, there was once like, like an apocalypse movie, straight away, another studio, yep. apocalypse movie. It just yep. keeps happening like that. Yep. It's because I think these big studios say, oh, that's a success. Okay, so we must duplicate it. We must replicate it. Yep. But what if something that you've experienced can't be replicated? And what if something that you've done is something that no one else deserves to, be, to, to say? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point about why we should be doing this. And I think that maybe to some extent, the big studios do control a large point about what we do. What do you mean by that? Like, um, Okay, so if I wanted... Okay, so I, I was talking to uh, someone who got published in America mm-hmm. and I was saying, oh, I actually want to get published in, the, in, in there too. And she said that you need to get rid of a lot of control by doing so. That sounds really uh, troubling. Yeah. Okay, so example, um, do, okay, do you have a dream project? For example, like a clothing line or something? 
No, actually. <laughs> okay, 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 let's say, for example, Tell Your Children comes out with like a clothing line and Nike mm. um, says to you, yeah, let's do a collaboration. And then you want to do something. And Nike goes, okay, that drawing, I think you should change it. Um, mm. It looks a bit too kiddish. I want you to make it that. Oh, the colors aren't so good. Yep. Um, I want the line work. And also our our logo has to be like five times bigger than yep. yours. Yep. Um, you can't sell it to some certain So it's stores. a list of disclaimers. Yeah, and like, after, yeah. after a while you go like, oh, is this really my work? <laughs> And I think that's the issue that I have with this whole scenario with like creatives versus commerce. Mm. And did I answer your question? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What was your question again? Uh, I forgot as well. Oh goodness, I'm so sorry. Uh, I think I, I just went, went on a tangent about creativity. You but- went on three tangents, I will. <laughs> so to, 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 to go back to the point that I was curious about, do you think um, with regards to how AI is progressing, yeah. artificial intelligence, art, general intelligence and stuff of that nature, do you think creativity is the final frontier that they have to, I guess, automate? Do you think it's possible? Personally, yeah. I have a friend who's super into um, AI tech, NFTs, all these kind of things. And he showed me that there's a company that created where you can make Eminem create a rap song for you because they've taken all his words mm-hmm. and cr- and they can automate mm. a sequence of... I mean, that's ridiculous. From it me, is ridiculous. Which I still don't think that no matter how advanced AI can get, it can't take over our human experience. Or maybe I'm just a bit too optimistic about that. Do you think that is that that do you think that's a conclusion based out of fear? Or <laughs> because if because if that is possible, yeah. it, it kind of makes you wonder uh, are we gonna be obsolete then? Because yeah, because yeah. if, if they are that much stronger, more capable, and if they're able to mimic the way let's say our brain function and our brain uh we how how we path out certain conclusions, I mean what do we have to offer? The soul? Damn, <laughs> I mean, man. That's so intangible wow, as it is. <laughs> yeah. so dark. I love it. <laughs> so, I'm curious I to know. I don't have a question. Of, I don't have an answer to that. I don't think anybody has yeah. any conclusive answers to that. I think that's the beauty of such big questions. Like no one individual, no one node will have a question or will have an answer to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you have an answer to that, you won't be sitting here right now. <laughs> you'll be either trying to 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 push this uh, uh, new frontier, or you'll be trying to prevent it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't speak out of fear. I I think I speak more of like optimism about what we carry inside us. What do you mean by that? Like I think that if you dramatic pause. No, uh, I think that if you look at almost any individual and you're mm-hmm. able to sit down and talk to them, mm-hmm. there will be something they can teach you or something that they can help you understand on a further trajectory. And I think that as a result, there are so many worlds and songs and symphonies and paintings inside each of every one of us, right? That it'd be it, impossible to distill to an algorithm. I, I, I just still don't think that's humanly possible. No, no, not humanly possible. AI-ly possible. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that's what they said about chess. Oh yeah, I believe they said almost exactly the same thing, but that shocked everybody because nobody believed that the the complexity of the human mind and how one just comes up with uh, certain moves, even like the 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 feeling of the match and 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 to play it a certain way. I believe they say the same thing about chess. So who knows, really? That's awesome. It's 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 it is quite interesting if you take a look at the AlphaGo. I think how 
they they like I think there's this whole documentary on YouTube where uh they they created AlphaGo to to play chess or to play Go with the, the top players and okay. and you look at the 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 speed at which it has gone from I think just a, a regular just a regular bot all the way up to the end actually beating the champions. I think everybody was flabbergasted. And I think that was back in the nineties or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a little dose of, I think, existential nihilism for, for everybody tuning in. So <laughs> I'm curious to know, um, what did writing and I guess literature in general, what did it mean to you? And has that definition changed uh, across the years? Oh, it means everything to me. I think that, I think I've, uh, I've been asked this a few times where they said that like, aside from writing, what do you like to do? And I think right then, then I almost had like an existential crisis. I'm like, oh my God, I almost, I, I don't know what else I enjoy to do. Because almost everything I enjoy has to do with reading or writing. Okay. Almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like conversation like this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sitting in a cafe, reading or writing. And actually sometimes overhearing conversation. It got mm-hmm. to a point, I think at one point in time, I could not sleep without listening to a podcast. Interesting. You know how people listen to white noise of like, yep, sh- yep, or rain or, or rain, whatever. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love rain. Yeah. Uh, or storm. Yeah. Or like ocean waves. I need a podcast in the background. Why is that? I don't know. I think I'll be listening to you and uh, Kishan's podcast tonight <laughs> to allow you hey, to sleep. Shout out, Kishan. How are you, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So I just love the sound of conversation. Is I maybe it's a part of my own anxiety. Okay. Um, but I think in general, like the sounds of engagement and words just soothes me because I think that one thing I always try to champion is that people always say that talk is cheap mm-hmm. but I think that's bullshit because I think that genuine words like mean can actually save people mm-hmm. and it can actually like kill people too yep so we we got to be careful with this weapon and as a result it's always been very calming to me I said that I had a stutter when I was younger right so I was always that kid in the back of the class reading like reading comics and like reading books mm. because that was my escape Mm-hmm. And I was able to like run away from everything outside into it. Mm. And so my relationship with literature and writing has always been kind of a safe haven in a way. And the more I write, the more I realize now it's about trying to create a safe haven for others the same way it did for me. So it's kind of like a handshake, very reciprocal kind of thing. And that has remained con- consistent. Oh, yeah. Like I think, uh, I don't know if you follow um, my page, but I think every Friday I try to have like Friday sessions where mm. people can ask me or tell me anything. And it started out with the usual like, oh, you know, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what's your favorite song? <laughs> All this kind of thing, right? It's like a first date. <laughs> but then eventually people start telling me things like, um, my boyfriend is not attracted to me anymore. Oh, and wow. I'm starting to wonder if that's about me or about him. Heavy, okay. And I went, wow. And so I try to give my own feedback because I'm not like a licensed psychiatrist, right? And it got even like, it got deeper where people would just literally tell me things about their lives and people ask me more in-depth things. Mm-hmm. And one thing about me is that I really hate small talk. Like, I, I think small what, talk- What would you define as small talk? You know, when you when you go to the go to like the grocery counter, it's like, hey mate, how's it going? And you're supposed to go, oh, it's fine. You? Yeah, good. You? And he's just like, okay. Uh, did you walk here? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I kind of did. Oh, it's cool, man. What's for dinner? <laughs> Bro, you don't care about what I'm having for dinner, okay? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that's the whole thing where yep. I would rather dive straight into what a genuine conversation is. So when I was like in the, in the start of dating, mm. um, and, um, I think like I went on like a few dates and one girl just went, oh my God, you're like really intense. <laughs> <laughs> 
I went, no, I just kind of enjoy getting to really know someone. Because I think like one of the things they say is that do not um, talk about your exes. I've, I might have heard of that yeah, before. Yeah, don't yep. talk about your exes. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about your family. Always keep it lighthearted. Yep. Ah, screw that. I want to know. Because a lot of your biggest events in your life happen with the people that you shared your heart with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want to know about your ex. I want to know about what makes you tick. I really don't care, like, what you have for lunch. I, I, I don't think many people should. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious to know, what has influenced uh, your philosophy of life or your outlook and framework when, when looking at life in general? Is it a piece of media? Is it a, a piece of fiction? Is it a book? Is it a mentor? Yeah. Dramatic pause. Huh. I'm going to have a lot of those today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, am I laughing far away from the mic? It's fine. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, damn. That's a great question. I don't think you can pinpoint it, right? Because if you pinpoint it, you minimize it. And then if you minimize it, then you define it. And I don't really want to define it. I think it depends how one would chart out uh, their, their own journey in their minds. That could yeah. be one very significant point in time where before and after you can kind of see the the, the switch in, in framework just because of, of something it really could be anything because how we perceive the world is different from each each other yeah yeah we could look at the same sentence but you could feel something i could feel nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um th- that's a, a, exactly what i oh I, I love that because one thing i realized about when i write my three word poems is that someone can literally pick the word happy right but one person's definition of happy could be about time with your kid. Another person's mm, happy mm. can be a time spent by themselves. Yep. And just because your happiness doesn't like mine doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Mm. It exists to you and that's what's most important. Exactly. And so for me, I I really can't define it. I think it just really stemmed from me wanting to connect. connect. And I kind of yeah, I kind of realized that because I was a very, I was a very socially awkward kid. Mm-hmm. And I was I was one of those kids that couldn't look people in the eye. Mm-hmm. So like okay, literally like what we're doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. I I'll be looking at your at your nose. That's a trick. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like the bridge and the nose yep. uh, or like your forehead. So it looks mm-hmm. like I'm just like doing this. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I said doing this in the podcast. So <laughs> I, I I I mimicked looking above his forehead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it was just very it was a very strange point in my life where I just felt like I could not connect with anyone like, mm-hmm. or, or like I was incapable of it. And I realized that, no, that's actually not true because as long as you are true to what you are, you will find people in the same like hiding places. Mm-hmm. Not everyone like is fully capable of having a full-on conversation with a stranger. You kind of have to grow into it and mm-hmm. believe in that intimacy that it can bloom into something. So on that front, what has helped you find out who you are then? Because I think it's it's one of those eternal questions Yeah, that I guess it's not, it's not, it's not like an outward thing, but it's more like an inward. People keep asking themselves, is this what I want? How do I know this is what I want? How do I know I'm on the right path? So I'm just curious to know what has helped you because you mentioned that you used to be socially awkward, mm. but right now you are like an entrepreneur. You're a writer, you're a poet, mm. you're all these things. So what happened between the gap? Do you just wake up one day and realize, oh, maybe I just want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I just realized how awesome I can be. <laughs> um, well, that was very Barney Stinson. Uh what closed the gap? Was it a series of small things that you just tried to do more uncomfortable things? And as you progress, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, so when I started Nova Encounter, it literally was just my way of trying to learn how to be an entrepreneur. So, okay. yeah, I remember that when I quit 
um i'm, I'm not gonna say where mm-hmm. when i quit that place i was like oh i want to try to do something for myself and my buddy who um can i can, can i shout can i shout him out of course yeah jonathan shun from the golden duck like he does these salted egg yolk chips Ooh. yeah so he kind of started way before me and he was telling me he's like oh honestly speaking um if it, if you want to just dabble in it do something that you love mm. and i said oh maybe i'll try books and he goes okay cool you're going to write something i'm like nah i don't deserve to be out there i kind of want to just sell like sell books wrap them up put a clue on the front and then sell it like that mm. so that's how it, everything started and it eventually got to a point where I was at a book fair and there was a guy selling typewriters from across from me. Ooh. And I went, oh my God, I got to touch one. So I just walked over there and I was like, I was like, I started like typing away on it. Yeah. And the guy said, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Can you hear me jaga my, <laughs> my booth? And okay. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. was jagging it. Yeah. And this girl comes up and she said to me, like, oh, like, are you one of those, um, well, are you one of those poets that like can write a poem on the spot? And I went, yeah, sure, let's go. So she gave me like a word. Mm. I, what, what was that movie? Everyone keeps telling me to watch it. Avengers? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, is this movie about a guy and a girl who, who who meet like and they have a conversation all night? I think that's... Oh, it's going to kill me. I think you're describing a lot of movies. Uh, after Sunset. Uh, okay. Before Sunrise, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then yeah, and, but I didn't know it back then. Yep. Um, so many people have told me to watch it, by the way. And so she said, oh, I saw this movie that the guy came, like she they write a poem with one word. Mm. And then me as a joke, I said, you know what? I'll give you a discount. I'll give you three words. Okay. So I wrote a poem on the spot and I genuinely enjoyed that. So I bought the typewriter on the spot and I started to sell it on Nova Encounter, which mm. was poetry. But for the longest time, I didn't dare to write written by Adam Tai. I Why wrote written from the Nova Encounter team. <laughs> where it's oh, just interesting. Me. Interesting. Because I was thinking that like, who the hell cares who I am? If you view it as like a cool, magical corporation that's writing you a poem, you like it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I realized that people prefer a more human touch. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why people buy from local rather than overseas, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know that there's someone here, someone personal that's actually creating these things for you, with you. And it took me three years before I dared to put Written by Adam Tai on it. Did it feel amazing or what did it feel like? It felt terrifying. Okay. Because as a result, when you put, your, like, like what my sister told me, when you put your name on something, it is something you should be proud of. Mm. You have to be proud of what you put out there in the world. Yep. Um, and you must be okay with it being ridiculed. You must be okay with it being dismissed. Mm. But it is yours. And so I think that was the switch when I finally said, I oh, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to write written by Adam Tai. And it felt, it was very minimal. I don't think many people realized it. But it felt monumental to change from a blank corporation into myself. Yep. Yeah. Did it feel personal? Like each one of these poems going out, it's like a piece of you? Yeah. So it, it goes from, yeah, actually you hit a, like hit a nail on the head where it stops being, you stop being able to hide behind something. And it really is, no, this is something I'm writing for you. Mm. And if it felt a lot more personal. It felt like a conspiracy. <laughs> Everything is a conspiracy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm beginning no. to sense a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels almost like, it feels less like, okay, give us your name. We will write something mm. for you. Now it's more like, hi, I'm Adam. Like, tell me about yourself. Why did you pick these three words? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. All right, you know what? This would be fun. Let me write something for you. The tone shifts a little bit when you use your name as opposed to a corporation. I Definitely. Think. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of more, I guess, I guess the word is investment, but it's just that you have a stake in it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious to know, why 
do you think that these are so popular? Because I, I think it's 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 a very interesting way as let's say someone like me who doesn't write. I'm a total layman, but I find what you're doing to be super interesting. So I'm curious well, to thanks, know man. when 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 you're writing, when you're on the spot, when someone gives you the word, what are you thinking? Like how how do you conceive and what's your process like? Yeah. Thinking, damn, I love my job. <laughs> Okay, what what's the next step? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm. yeah, uh, because the 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 reason why I ask because um I've asked a couple of dancers before uh-huh. and the the really top tier ones when they freestyle when they freestyle to a, a piece of music that they've never heard before their mind is blank. Oh, I love that they're not thinking yeah. about anything because the the movements they're also used to it. So I'm just curious to know for writing is it is it the same what. What goes through your mind? Because you you can't predict the three words. Yeah, you have no idea what the individual is gonna say to you. Yeah. So yeah. Well, speaking as a <clears throat> previous hip hop dancer myself, mm-hmm. uh, nah. <laughs> uh, actually, I've always loved how they can. A bit of a sidetrack. I always love how with a song they haven't even heard, they can still hit the beat. Yeah. Which is super impressive. I think I think it takes a lot more than what the average person would know. Yeah. Because uh, one of the ten. So if 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 you play RPG games, you yep. always have the main class and you have the side class. One of the side classes for let's say a dancer, like a, any any form of like hip hop or modern, is uh, music production. Mm-hmm. When you, if you go into music production, you will kind of listen to. I think they call it the stems, and you have oh the baseline. You have the electric guitar, yeah. and you have the rhythm, and there are certain musical principles that carry uh based on genre. So if you hear something, you can hear the 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 beat, the rhythm, the baseline, and then you can innovate from there yeah. so because usually people when they uh, when beginner dancers when they do it they are taking the song as it is but when you get to a level where you're so comfortable with the movement that you can provide yeah. you're not thinking about it you're just thinking about the different layers of the song yeah. or maybe maybe this uh, uh, two counts of four I want to hit the bass line and I want to move to the the, the, the guitar solo and I want to go, go back to the to the, to the, the beats yeah. and that's how I would imagine someone play with the beat. Yeah. So it's not just playing with the full song. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay. Um, in that similar way, if I wrote you a poem right now and you picked three words, what, what would they be? I can tell you afterwards. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, 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 okay for fun. Just give me three random mm, words. Monday. Yeah. Uh, Nasi Lemak. <laughs> Taiwan. Oh, that's so much better than Live Life Love. Oh, I love that. Okay, okay. So why'd you pick Monday? Today's Monday. Okay. Um, is there any special significance behind it or is it just the first day that you thought of? No, today's Monday. Okay. Um, Why did you pick Nasi Lemak? Favorite food or just something you had for lunch? Because I was secretly hoping you would write an apocalyptic story about Taiwan as well, involving Nasi Lemak. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Where did it come from? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, um, in my head right, right off the bat, I really love the word Monday. And the way that you said it, like, oh, today's Monday. It was very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like when I, I, I will try to create something that adds in the apocalyptic, ap- apocalyptic nature of it, where it seems like everything's in chaos, mm. but you are still centered. And then it will probably end with like the start with like, it felt like every other day, da 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 da. And the ending is like, but today is just Monday or something like that. So my thought process is yep. more about how does the whole story fit? Mm. And I usually think of the ending because I th- always think the ending is the most fun to do where everything makes sense. Is, is that a normal way of conceiving things? Like the ending is like the, the best part for I you? don't know, actually. Okay. Uh, I think for some people it's different. Some people like to think of um, the beginning because they need the beginning to set up the whole tone of, of the mm. thing. Um, but for me, I I always think that because the ending is the last thing that you read. Yep. And so I think of the ending first and then the, the start must allude to it. 
mm. and then the middle is just a way of of building up. Mm. Um, so yeah, for me, like uh, I, I always I always have the most fun thinking of endings. So that's why when someone comes and gives me three words, the first thing I think of is okay, how how can these three get married? Mm. Three words, sorry, not three people. <laughs> 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 but it's just like it's kind of like I truly believe that any three words they can always somehow find a way together. They can There's somehow no find a way, way together. It can be so messed up that they cannot fit. Mm-mm. Someone once tried to give me um, 69. Okay. Doraemon. Okay. And oh, of course it was the NFT guy. Uh, and the third one was, um, is it Bored Ape or something like that? Fair. Bored Ape, yeah. Yep. So as a result, I, I, no, I think he was having fun. He was like, oh, can you create me something for my birthday? And that actually makes it more fun when you're able to try and take these two, these three things because they all are part of your personality right so it's less important what the words are it's more important about what what it will make you feel and Mm. as long as it connects with who you are then that's where the fun is but the idea of conveying feelings it's it's a bit of a crapshoot isn't it you can't really predict how someone might might feel based on yeah yeah so that's why I usually try to ask for the three words first right Mm -hmm. and okay so there's some times where they literally just give me oh live life love okay cool I, I refuse to write a copy and paste poem. Like mm-hmm. I refuse to. So I'll be like, okay, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? And they go, uh, don't want. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you tell me what's your favorite movie? Uh, don't have. Okay. Um, it could be anywhere in the world tonight. Where would you go? Uh, no, no, I, I don't know. Okay, fine. Then you just keep trying to poke. You keep trying to yep. poke because I think it's just them feeling nervous. It's mm-hmm. not It's not that they lack personality because yeah. everyone has personality. Mm-hmm. But you just need to find out something that makes them tick. And then when you do, you can almost immediately see like, so do you know what one of the most awesome things when you talk to a person and then they suddenly go, oh dude, me too. Have you been to, and then the yep. conversation flows and then you now suddenly you're both like on rhythm. Yep. You, you match in cadence. And I think that's what I'm always looking for. And as long as I can find your cadence, the poem is the easy part. It sounds as though you're not just writing poems, but you're just engaging with with people, yeah, random I want people. To. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of it. Like, I remember there was once I saw this. Um, I really don't want to badmouth another creative. Um, there was this other person where they literally um, refused to let you talk to them, and mm. they would create something for you on the spot. And I remember my friend wanted to go over, and that person put the hand out, and then they lowered it to the, only their finger was out. And they wagged their finger. Okay. And my friend went, uh, okay. And we just stood there at like a like like at a distance. Yeah. Like two arms reach from yep. them. And then they did that thing and then gave it to us. And it just felt so impersonal. And I was like, then why are you doing this? Mm. If the whole act of creativity is to actually create something that is sincere, then wouldn't you enjoy engaging with someone who you're making it for? Mm-hmm. That's what I've always wondered. So that's why I the whole point of this isn't just to write a poem, it's to actually engage create something together that's 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 certainly a very interesting way of framing creativity that it's more um isolated and it's not as personable as as, as what you mentioned so of all the poems i've written on the spot engaging with people talking to them what do you find most fascinating about people there's a very universal yet unique and personal way that everyone experiences things it's kind of like um, if you look at a giant photograph of people walking in the street, mm-hmm. we're all in the same place, but one person might be rushing off to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. One person might be slowly walking towards the smoking corner. 
one person might be thinking about what to eat for lunch. Mm-hmm. And but we are all in the same space together. And although we are very similar in a lot of ways, everyone's rushing to watch the new Avengers movie, right? Mm-hmm. But one person might might be a huge fan from when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. Another person might just think Chris Evans is really hot, right? Mm-hmm. We are all doing something together, but at the same time, we all have very intricate. I'm 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 gesturing with my hands so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like gesticulating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, and I think that everyone just it's such a beautiful way that everyone is so similar yet so different at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I enjoy the most about poetry. It's kind of like I could be right I could have written it for someone, mm-hmm. but then I noticed that their friend reposted it. And I remember that someone um I was writing for something for someone, and then this girl read it, and her friend like quickly said, Oh, can you just write the same thing for me? And I went, No, but that's mm-hmm. for her. Yep. And she goes, No, 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 I really, it really spoke to me. Like it, sh- it should like I want the exact same thing. I was like, ah, oh, well, that kind of. I mean, it. I was. I was very like happy that she enjoyed it, but it should. In my head, it that poem was just for her. Yes. Yeah. And I can write something else for you, but she wanted the same thing, and that kind of shows that. Oh, actually, despite how different we are, as long as we can relate on, relate on the same level, it, it's kind of kind of something beautiful, no? Yeah. I'm curious to know what are words to you. It means, if, yeah. Because it feels like a very relevant question to ask to to ask a writer. Yeah. Are, are they bricks to form like this house and the house being a, a piece of fiction? Yeah. Yeah. So what are words to you? Ways to get closer. What do you mean by that? I remember there was once um, I heard a... Okay, so I, I have a buddy who's actually very, elo- like, very eloquent. And so mm-hmm. he was talking to his girlfriend and she was like... She was... I think jokingly, playfully flirting with this guy. Mm-hmm. And she literally, they were arguing, arguing, arguing about him saying that you're leading the guy on just for the sake of it. And she's like, no, I'm just like flirting. It's normal. And then halfway through, he just goes, you know what? I refuse to let um, my insecurity create distance. Mm-hmm. And I just went, bro. And I said, that's kind of beautiful. Why is that? Because insecurity creates distance mm-hmm. and truth, like, creates closeness. And I mean, right after I said, hey, do you mind if I include that in my next book? <laughs> <laughs> no, the most annoying thing about me is that sometimes I'll ask a friend, hey, do you mind if I include that? Um, is, is it the fact that he was aware of the situation and he spoke that statement? Yeah, that, and, it's, okay. oh, and it's just the, the genuineness of, of the situation and the way that he was, he, he did not care how it made him look. He just suddenly mm-hmm. went, look, I'm insecure, but... I'm going to use this to actually state that if I'm insecure, I understand that. Mm. And I refuse to like, make that lo- um, lose you. And as a result, when he was so frank, she just immediately apologized. What's that sound? Yeah, she immediately apologized. And so I think words really are just, I think words will always be important to me simply because it was so hard for me to even say it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also the way the Asian parents are. How are the Asian parents? It's very hard for them to properly communicate mm-hmm. or like tell you they love you, tell you they're proud of you. I've been told that they communicate in strange ways to show affection. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's never about, hey, um, I wish you were home more. Mm. It's more like, hey, um, you, you, um, have you been eating properly or not? Yeah. That, that's usually uh, step one or step two. Step one, have step two. Have you been eating properly? Yeah. yeah. And I just always wish there was a way that we could be frank and earnest with each other. 
in my ideal world anyway. I know it's not very possible simply because we all have our guards up, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're in the entrepreneur circle. Mm -hmm. If your business is going badly, you cannot just tell someone that it's going badly. Is, is, it, is that true? Is it a thing? I mean, okay, for example, I went to a networking thing. Mm -hmm. Guy A and Guy B. Guy B, I know that things were going bad mm -hmm. because he's a very good friend of mine. So we were talking about it and suddenly when Guy A walked over, hey bro, how's it going? He's oh, it's going great, man. Things are going. I just went, whoa. And then I said to him, I'm like, I thought you guys were close. And he's like, no, there's some things that you can't say out loud that much. And I said, doesn't that make the relationship not as genuine as you mm -hmm. want? I want it to be. And he gave me this smile and he's like, well, you've been an entrepreneur for only one year. So <laughs> what did you I was like, okay, but you gotta, if you gotta put it back at me like that. Yeah. 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 Do you think you're able to, I don't know how your, your personal relationships are, if you don't mind sharing, but do you think that you are able to actually with your partner or with your family or with siblings or whatnot, are you able to be fully honest with them? I don't think there's such a thing as being fully honest. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, if you were to imagine the self as let's say 32, but 32 is a very arbitrary number, but 32 different parts mm. because you are different things to different people. You can be a set of different things to different to different people. So I think there is no such thing as being honest because there are also parts to yourself that you are unaware of. So if you're unaware of those parts, technically you can't be honest because I would imagine uh, being honest is to at least have a sense of knowledge yep. when, when, when you're presenting. Yeah. And I think there is a nonchalance to it and people don't really care as much because it really depends on how much time you have to to, to engage with people across the span of like you know, years. But if you're just meeting someone, let's say at, at a soiree or like a networking thing just for like 10 minutes, I think it's quite difficult. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. it really depends. No, no, on, I, I uh, see that. On, on yeah. what, what I guess honesty means to, I guess, uh, contextually what, what it means. Like, I love that side point of view. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think me, um, more so for myself, I just, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a me thing, mm -hmm. but I just genuinely, it's quite difficult for me to lie. I think the best lie is say that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, you should play, um, you should play Secret Hitler with me, man. Oh my God. <laughs> Wreck it. No, okay. No, um. Why, why, how, okay. How did you come to that conclusion? I think when things are bad, I, I genuinely can't hide it. Okay, mm. maybe it's not the words I say, but in my expression, if mm. I'm tired, oh man, you will know. Yep. <laughs> like, or if I am unhappy about something, it just, it just, I, I really don't have a very good poker face. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think there's a certain uh, joy and uh, a certain like strength to realizing what you're feeling mm. because God knows that there are certainly more ways to communicate than just words. Yeah. And I think those are the, the, the ways of communication that maybe one might not be too uh, perceptive of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, uh, Okay, so I, I don't know how much of this is cold reading, but I remember there was once I was invited to this um, dinner by The Peak, um, mm -hmm. the magazine, and it was literally three days before lockdown wow. uh, at COVID. So I always remember that day very fondly. So everyone was having dinner and then suddenly the chief editor at the time, his name is Farhan, who's, who's actually still a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Farhan came out and told me, he said, oh, there's this guy who he calls himself, uh, I don't know what that's called, but basically he he feels your energy mm -hmm. and tells you what, he tells you what he thinks you are in one sentence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what kind of gimmicky thing is that? And he said, well, just keep, keep an open mind and it's okay. And I remember that the guy was telling 
people thinks he's like there was one girl who he's like you're not just your father's daughter and she was like what the frick <laughs> or someone was just like um what do you say like he, he used a specific word and yep. that guy went i don't know why you use that word but it's freaky that you used it but it, to us it was a normal sentence yep and then i remember that he, he looked at me and he doesn't know what, what i do by the way he looks at me he goes like your weakness is your power okay and i was like did that resonate with you not really but i remember like afterwards i said like like what did you mean by that and he said that i i have a feeling that you are like you're a, a like a, some like a, a creative in some way mm-hmm. in, so, in some in way, some way <laughs> i'm like well thanks bro <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I think you're creative in some way. And I think that you sometimes feel embarrassed about what you're showing, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't hide it because mm-hmm. your weakness is your power. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I, I almost got converted because I'm like, actually, you know, he could have just said that. You uh, know, cold reading, hot yeah, reading. Cold yeah. reading. Maybe, maybe he like Googled or something. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I actually love that sentence, your weakness is your power. Because I think it's, it's a case of like us with like people who dabble in the creative scene. It's quite... People assume that it's easy to actually be a creative because you're not like something up there as like maybe an investment banker or whatnot, where you deal with a lot of stressful situations. Mm-hmm. But I think creatives actually deal with a lot of stressful situations, especially in terms of the fear of being seen at the same time of the fear of not being seen. Mm-hmm. I think and- we, I think creatives have a different set of problems. Yeah, that's it compared to uh, any other uh, job they each have their own sets of problems and their own sets of challenges. And I do understand the point of view that it's 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 easier to assume that it's an easy job because as with anything, once you delve deeper, we would delve beyond the surface, you'll Preach. find out that things are usually not as quote unquote easy as they seem. Yeah. Case in point, you go to the Kopitiam, you order like fishbone noodles. Yeah. You pay what four dollars, four fifty, whatever for it. But you don't see them preparing in the morning. And you, you just don't see that it increased yeah. since two dollar eighty, right? Yeah, because yeah. you you're not you're, you're not physically doing it. Mm. You're not physically chopping everything. You're not they're waking up in the morning, going down to the fucking yeah. uh, shop, preparing, yeah. hoping that there are sales. You're not yeah, seeing yeah. that. And I think I I do feel that we rely on our sight too much. Like we have to see something to believe it. And I think sometimes having that frame of mind might be a bit too restricting mm. because I, I don't see the the labor like the shopkeeper puts into the fishbone noodles and here I'm wondering why am I paying so much for it when the prices rise up and it's like yeah. technically maybe he might have been just doing like a 10% on top of whatever and that he has been surviving on the 10% yeah. but if you think about it in, a, in an economical way I mean how do you survive off 10% margin I mean yeah absolutely yeah. No, yeah. yeah because we don't see the struggle yeah yeah so uh, um, this, this is kind of the reason with my poems. I, I On my online store, I try to keep it as low priced as possible. Simply because it's, okay, one, uh, I focus more on, on B2B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the second one is that I, I want to keep it accessible because I want I want people who actually need it mm-hmm. to be able to afford it. Yep. Like a 16-year-old, $25 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But to like 30 plus and whatnot, yeah, $25 is, yep. yeah. So I- there's a whole point about keeping it accessible and actually maintaining that what we're doing is more than just putting words on paper. Yep. Um, filling up a fishbowl. No, no, filling up a bowl of fishballs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. So, on, on that point of accessibility, um, I'm curious to know when hmm. you were young, 
were you exposed to literature and books? Were you exposed to all these different types of uh, writing? Was it accessible to you when you were young? Yeah, my mom like was very, very encouraging of me being a to to like write mm. something my dad blames her till this day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like she was always buying me notebooks. She mm. was always like whenever I wanted books, like there was once where I was on it was every Christmas she would bring me to Toys R Us. Mm. And there was one year I went, oh, can we go to Times instead? No, like Borders. Borders. Yep. I said, can oh, we go to Borders yep. instead? And she, the look on her face was so much joy. Yep. <laughs> it was like she was carrying me for the first time again. Um, yeah, so she's always loved the fact that I love to read and write. Uh, because my mom is very um, artistic as well. Mm. Like we, when we first went to the Louvre, mm. I, wow. I, think she, I think she teared up yep. because she was like staring at the paintings mm-hmm. and she was so in love with art. Yep. And just this whole thing about accessibility, I think my mom helped me where she kind of showed me that there is beauty in human creation. Mm-hmm. Because eventually you could say that we are the, <clears throat> the non-essentials, <clears throat> uh, but we are the ones that actually keep the hope and keep documenting about the things that people are feeling at a certain point of time. Mm-hmm. You can appreciate silence, but a song brings you back like like a story like brings you forward yep it's like creativity is just so important to me like, I, I can't even properly express it and i'm a writer by the way i can't, <laughs> I, can't I can't even express how much it means to me and actually that's what my next novel is about mm. um in my head it's championing creativity because we are what helps people without they realizing it survive so on that point mm. um what does creativity feel like to you is it energy is it is it just uh a positive outlook for the future. Well, what does it feel like to you? What does it look like? Oh, it's a safe haven. Like for me, mm-hmm. it's, I have a buddy of mine. Okay, so he he's a banker. You have a lot of buddies, I realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I think because a lot of my characters in my books are like based on love them. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy adding their little personal ticks yep. inside. For example, if someone like, he's always like, when he's stressed, he does, he clenches his fists. Mm-hmm. I add it to a character. Yep. So I have a buddy who is an investment banker. And I remember those ones he was trying to teach me. He says, oh, you know, bro, you you would be so good as a banker. He said, you really could be a banker. You should join me. And I said, no, but I'm not. not. And he said, oh, like, but writing's your hobby, right? And and if you do the math, you can't, you can't earn as much, like, in your hobby as a banker. Mm-hmm. And I went, but to some people, it's not a hobby. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, nourishes your soul. And by the way, I, okay, we it was not a heated argument, but I just literally said that we view things very differently. Um, your way of nourishment is looking at the bank account or like getting like a, a new watch or something like yeah. that. And that's what makes you happy, which nothing wrong with that, by the way. Absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but for me, it's when something that was once in your imagination is now part of other people's experience, mm. that is what gives me joy. Absolutely. Like nothing else comes close. And I think that's what creativity means to me is when someone can actually say that, oh, when... We, I, and when you wrote that, it made me feel less alone. I'm like, that's it. That's that's like icing on the cake right there. Which is my, it was always my intention. But it's interesting because that that level of I think uh, being personable and being connected to someone, it's 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 a very difficult thing to commercialize. Yeah. And the <laughs> idea of trying to commercialize that it kind of diminishes the I guess the intent of it. Yeah. So how how do you find a balance between being a businessman? business individual and being a creative that's a great question i could ask you the same thing man sure um with 
I think in any case, well, I'll go first. Yeah. But I really want to hear your answer. With creativity versus commerce, it's kind of like when any company gets too big, it will it will eventually lose its culture. Unfortunately. Yeah, like I you you can't name me a single multi like multinational conglomerate that has not lost its culture. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even think of one. And it makes me sad because I I kind this that's why I've always said that Nova Encounter would never be a multi like a multi-billion dollar company. Okay. Because that's not where my intention lies. I'm actually very happy. If I keep maintaining this trajectory of what I'm earning, I am ecstatic. But I never need... So if it gets to a point... Okay, so um, I, have a, I have a few friends who give me this idea. Someone said, bro, you know what you should do? You should hire a bunch of like 10 people who type right and then just like plant them all across Singapore and then you'll be the novel encounters. <laughs> bro, I might. <laughs> we're all drunk when you're having yeah. this conversation yeah he's smoking a blunt I don't know <laughs> bro steady bro <laughs> I mean it, it, it is very enterprising yeah it is yeah, he's yeah. like what one typewriter how much <laughs> set right then one person buy $25 right wow bro you steady sure <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> I like the math that your friend is doing yeah. Yeah. No, it, honestly really smart guys yeah. and really genuinely good people yeah. but it just never was what I wanted to do interesting yeah I like how personal the novel encounter is when you DM me, you know it's me, mm-hmm. right? Friday chats, it's me. Mm. Live events, it's me. And I know that some people would probably scoff and say that, bro, scalability, bro. Yeah. You can't scale, bro. Yeah. But my intention of novel encounter was never to scale. It was always to create, bracket bracket, a safe haven for people, and also get more pe- more awareness for my for my writing career. Mm. Because if it's all by Adam Tai, then I'm able to say that. Yep. For my you, next book, yep, please yep. support me. Yep. So that's why I've always wanted to do. And that's why I don't think, fingers crossed, knocking wood, um, I will lose my culture. How about you? Balancing business and creativity? Yeah. Mm. I'm going to take a dramatic sip of water. <laughs> I feel like sometimes they're one <sighs> and the same. Uh... I I find certain uh certain ways of doing certain things that would either appeal to the more business side of myself yep. and the more creative side. So I create it is as though I create a, a separate personality in myself to handle, let's say, the business tasks. Yeah. So with business, I'll assume, let's say, if I'm handling more of the structuring of a project, if I'm handling more uh, client relations, if I'm handling, let's say, the finances, it requires a certain set of traits that might not be, uh, uh, that might might come into conflict, let's say, if I was trying to be a creative. Yeah. Because certain roles take uh, certain certain traits to, to, and a, a certain type of personality to push through. So I think my my answer to how how do I balance? I just compartmentalize and I invent a different individual just to handle it. So let's say if <laughs> well you sound like split, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So yeah. let's say if I'm handling uh, a more creative project, creative yeah. meaning, uh, 
it's an open it's it's more or less like an open brief uh the elements are I, I get to choose what elements to put in, be it, let's say, like an animation, be it like an installation. I get to choose it. So I allow myself the, the space to be a bit more creative. So I, I tell, let's say, uh, my other guys in TYC is, hey, can you handle X? Can you handle the, the oh, like more, more rigors of it? Because yeah. I think um, I can balance both. I can merge both together. But I think the fun is having it be more polarized so i guess back to your question about being honest with yourself is yeah. this 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 way of working kind of works for me right now yeah has there ever been a point where it felt that there was cognitive dissonance in between your business brain mm-hmm. oh wait, wait sorry your business personality and your creative personality and can you think of, a, of an example where that happened i can't think of an example but there's definitely a sense of uh I guess divide. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's ultimately all within myself. So if we were to think of it in like a sliding scale, maybe one side is more the more rational. Everything has to follow like a certain template, everything has a certain tone, but let's say the more creative one, it's a bit more open. And maybe the the middle is uh where the two personalities come and 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 try to get some shit done. Because uh, yeah. there are certain qualities that let's say one will ascribe to being a creative. Mm. You are naturally more open. You want to do the best, quote unquote best. You want to be perfect. But that would usually so what I realized recently, it's like you mentioned like something about that the the guy mentioning to you like your weakness is your strength or something to that effect. Yeah. But what is also important to know that every strength is a weakness if yeah. you, if you don't wield it properly. So the strengths of being a creative, like oh you have all these ideas, you are you are constantly bouncing from idea to idea. That is a weakness because you're not tying down. So how I rationalize, how I see in myself is um if I have a project, if I'm 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 pushing out a certain project, I try to to imagine it's like a it's like a boardroom meeting and one side is presenting, the other side is presenting, and they just agree to work together because ultimately it's about getting the project done. Yeah. No one side should have too much because if it it's off balance, then nothing gets done. And yeah. you become, let's say if you're too much of a business individual, things get pretty boring. Yeah, you can't. Like You um, can, but things get boring. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is very predictable. Uh you're looking for you're you're almost pigeonholing yourself and you're looking at different metrics where let's say someone who has a who is a bit more inclined, more open, and they're able to see it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think there's one way to 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 approach anything. I think it's important to have a myriad of, of different ways and different uh frameworks just 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 to look at different things. Yeah, I love that answer, man. So going back to you. <laughs> I'm curious yeah. to know, do you have favorite words? I, I get this a lot. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I always ask people. Uh, people always ask me, "Oh, what's your favorite word?" And it really changes every day. Okay. Oh, well, not every day. It changes from time to time. Mm. Um, it's kind of like if I ask you, like, "Do you have a favorite movie, a favorite song?" Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, it changes. It, it should shifts. change. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it should change because I'm changing as well. Yeah. So for the longest time, I remember that I love the word inclination. Okay. Yeah, because it's just like you're drawn to a certain thing mm-hmm. and rather than just drawn, I'll say, oh, I have an inclination. Yep. And it feels like bigger than just like being drawn to something. It feels almost like a city. This is the inclination. Mm-hmm. So then there was another one where it was, it, uh, it was, I love the word electric because mm-hmm. it felt like energy. It's yep. like visible energy. Yep. So that actually became the name of my of my novel, yes. Life Electric. Yep. Um, 
then there was happiness. But I think it's just happiness. Do you fall out of love with these words and something new comes along or do you just keep it at the back of your mind? Oh, or? I never fall out of love. Uh, that's the thing. It, it, it always stays there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then something new will come up with, oh, oh, that's a great word. Mm-hmm. Do you, so so when so when when a new word comes up, do you feel inclined to use it more and more? Is, is you know, I try like not that? to. I try not to. Because <laughs> I mean, at one point of time, my, my buddies were like giving me crap for it. Where he's like, "Bro, if I say inclination one more freaking time, I'm gonna stab your eyes." Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that, that obviously, um, I um, I, I had a photo mm. that was taken by a friend, and then my friends were just teasing me below in the comment section. I was inclined to take this photo. <laughs> do you feel the inclination? To- <laughs> so okay, fine. No more inclinations. Okay, fine. Yep. I'll just say drawn. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but um, I try not to use the same word too much or else it loses energy. Yep. It's kind of like, um, I, I remember I saw this movie. Um, it's where this guy, uh, this guy was scolding a kid because mm-hmm. the kid was saying the F word too much. Yep. And then he was like, hey, there's nothing wrong with saying the F word. But when you say it like six times in a sense, it loses its power. Mm. You need to use it sparingly and that's when there's there's, there's the dominance yep. there. so that's why I try that's not true. to use yeah. yeah absolutely I try not to use the word too much or it loses its power yep as a follow up to that um, I'm curious to know what you enjoy about the English language <sighs> because based on what I can see primarily it's in English yeah yeah so what do you like about it I can barely speak Chinese okay so it, <laughs> it, it, it helps a lot that Wow, that's such a trippy question. What do I like about the English language? This is not a dramatic pause. This is just a confused silence. <laughs> what do I like about the English language? I don't have an answer to that. I think it's literally just the way it can be played with so much. Okay. Okay. I think it was Eminem who once said that. He said, if you say that, like, I can't rap with the word orange. And then he yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Like, he just, like, showed how many words you can, as long as you can stretch the vowels mm. and you can play with the words and twist it. So it's, I, I don't know other languages enough, but I just love how in the English language, you're able to actually fully express things, even with the flicking, changing of vowels mm-hmm. or whatnot. Would writing or expressing yourself in other languages be something you would be inclined to do? Oh yeah. Okay. I love that. What what language though? What 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 is top of mind if you were to pick up, let's say, like a th- second second or third third language? Okay, for yeah. me it's okay. I would love to read Kazuo Ishiguro's novels in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Not so much about um, writing. I would love to read poetry by people in their native language. Why 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 do you think you want to do that? So um, one of my favorite movies, okay, by the way, is a lot of people cl- call it the most boring movie of all time. It's called Patterson. Okay. It's um, Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Kylo Ren? Yes. Adam Driver. Yeah, yes. so Adam Driver is a bus driver. No pun intended. <laughs> he literally is a bus driver <laughs> in Patterson. No mm-hmm. pun intended. And it's called, and the character's name is Patterson. Mm-hmm. So while he is a bus driver, he writes poems in between each pit stop. And the whole, and it, a lot of like friends to tell me, oh, it's the most boring movie. But I just love how mundane and slice of life it is. Mm. But in the ending scene, there's a Japanese man who told him, he's like, I only write poems in Japanese. And then the Adam Driver's character asks something like, um, uh, I wouldn't understand it. And he says, you don't have to. Um, poetry in translation is like showering with a, with a raincoat. It defeats the purpose? 
or like you can't fully understand it. So one of my favorite novelists is Kazuo Ishiguro. And because I think he's brilliant. And even I can't imagine how good he is in his own Japanese mm. language. So I would, one thing I would love to do is understand how words are like in other languages. And then maybe I would try to write it. Mm-hmm. But I would first want to read. What do you like about his work? It's magical realism. And it's just so... His worlds are so vibrant. Vibrant is an interesting word used to describe literature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like... um Okay, I know J.K. Rowling's getting a lot of flack right now. But she made me believe in magic. Mm-hmm. In the same way that... um. Rod Dahl made me believe in magic. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling and Rod Dahl, these two people actually made me go, wow, I really wish I could live in that world. I, w- I want to walk through Charlie, like the chocolate factory. I mm-hmm. really want to see Hogwarts. And with Ishiguro, it was when I was older and when I read his novels, like him and Jeanette Winterson, mm-hmm. but Jeanette Winterson's in English, so I can understand it perfectly. But those are the only two writers, uh, not only two, the main writers that I actually close the book angrily and go, oh my God, I'm so far away. Like you get angry how good they are and you can never write as good as that. Is it a technical thing or is it just something magical? That For me, I'm yeah. not so much about the tech, uh, technicalities of things. It's more about how good they are at distilling something so complex into something so universally understood at, but at the same time simple. Okay. So there's one part in the book where like Jeanette Winterson wrote something and it was about someone who only realized how much they loved the person after they after she saw them dead. Mm-mm. And then she just, she could have written so much about the person's face, could have written about the color and everything, but she just wrote, sometimes the measure of love is lost. And I just mm. went, God, that's good. God, you're good. So yeah, I think I just like books that delve into magical realism where they're able to like keep you grounded on earth Mm -hmm. but play with your mind a little bit to like trick you here and there interesting could you speak on the first novel that you published I'm curious to know the inception of that oh This Life Electric yes Uh, so it was I've always said the first novel I write I want it to be a tribute to The Great Gatsby The Great Gatsby is my favourite novel it's Mm -hmm. by F. Scott Fitzgerald Mm -hmm. Um, there was a recent movie made about 10 years ago by um, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah um, it's always been my favorite novel. Um, I could, I, I wrote my thesis about it. Um, okay. Yeah, because I'm that much in love with that book. So I said that when I, eventually when I create my first novel, it will be inspired. Mm-hmm. Not a tribute, like, not like a, like a Singapore version of it, but just inspired. What's the difference between the two though? Uh, so, between tribute and being inspired by Yeah. Um, okay, maybe I phrased it wrongly, but it's kind of like, um, do you know Fight Club? I am aware of the movie version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fight Club is inspired by The Great Gatsby. Chuck Palahniuk said that that was his modern version of The Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't even un- you wouldn't even see it, but it's just, oh yeah, it's kind of like about like how your thirst for having this American dream isn't real. And so that was his inspiration from The Great Gatsby. So what elements that you draw from the Greek Gatsby to put into this, this life electric? Yeah, so for me, it's about a main character who is an introvert mm-hmm. and he ends up going back to Singapore after a long time and he ends up in this party house and this party house is run by this character called Donnie mm-hmm. who is, I wouldn't say the word desperate, but he needs people to need him. 
Mm. He is rich. He is handsome. He is charming. He has all the social connections in the world, but he feels empty. So as a result, he only feels fulfilled when he helps people get things. So in this party, it's not just for people to enjoy themselves. He wants to see, oh, girl A, I can sense that she needs a boyfriend. Oh, guy B will be good. Okay. Guy A, he wants a, um, he's opening a hotel. Oh, I know guy C, he knows, he knows a, a whiskey mm. business. So he ties people together yep. to feel less alone. But yep. at the end of the day, this whole dream about outsourcing your happiness, mm. it does not exist. So when he meets the protagonist who doesn't seem to need him, one, it befuddles him because he's confused by like, you don't need me, everyone needs me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he also understands that they understand each other. One guy who doesn't seem to need anyone except for one person, no spoilers, and this main and this character who owns this party house and has everything, but he needs everyone. And the essence of the book is about an introvert in a party house and how all these characters um, entwine with each other. Yep. Are you a bit entwine? Wait, interact with each other. <laughs> entwine. <laughs> Are you able to share what do you hope the reader of this Life Electric to understand or to get off the book? Without any spoilers. Um, Is it possible? Yeah. Uh, without any spoilers, it's you got to fight for who you you want in your life. That's interesting. Essentially, it's. Human connection is so easy to come by, but genuine human connection is so rare. And when you find it, you shouldn't be careless of it and you should actually hold on to it. And mm -hmm. that's the point of, to me, existence mm -hmm. is connection in whatever way, shape or form. And I hope that anyone who reads it recognizes that and doesn't feel or like feels that they're not alone. Yeah. What's the novel? Uh a big milestone for you because you mentioned everything is self-taught. You you just did everything yourself. Oh, it was my yeah. dream. It was my dream. I remember that um, I was having imposter syndrome before I published my first poetry collection. Mm -hmm. I had a panic attack outside the, because my editor told me, oh, you know what you should do? You should make a speech and you should read out a poem. Oh, God. Like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what? You, 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 um, you're very good at talking. Just go ahead. I said, no, it's different. It's very different. And well, I just Why is it out. different? It's different about talking talking about what you do mm -hmm. as opposed to expressing what you feel inside. So if I can tell, I, if I'm interviewed for a magazine, I say, oh, the novel encounter, um, what we're trying to do is this, 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 this. Ah, oh, come buy our books. Yep. But if you have to express about what poetry means to you, I I'm better at it now, mm -hmm. but years ago, I was a wreck. Like, I'll be freaking out before talking to you. I have alcohol for that. Nice. Yeah. Is it, it, we're, we're a bit too late for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it's, it's different talking about something that you're pursuing or something that you own as opposed to what something that you think you are. And it was difficult for me to show people that, hi, this is me, this is what I've written, and these these are my fears. Mm -hmm. Come see me. Yep. Do you think it kind of exposes you and makes you a bit vulnerable? Oh, it does. It really does. This is why for the longest time I wrote written by the Nova Encounter team, yep. not written by Adam Tai. Yep. And so when my first novel got published, I went, okay, well, this is it. I guess we're out there. Come see me. <laughs> so the day after you woke up, do you still have imposter syndrome? Did it go away? I still have it to today. Okay. Until today. Yeah. I don't know if you feel it similarly mm, on your end. I, I've come to realize that even the people or the artists or the creators I look up to, they have it. So I've come to realize that it's part and parcel. 
it's another personality just trying to look out for the best interests of myself. Yeah. Because there has to be a reason why it exists. So why not have it exist, listen to it, and have it work out for you? Yeah, because if if the people at the top of their game, they're still suffering from it. Yeah. I, I think I'm no different. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to especially uh, find a way to conquer it. I think that's the point uh, to, to to having all these thoughts or like inadequacy or not not feeling good enough. I think all these, all, all these different thoughts are just voices just trying to look out for your best interests. And I think if we're able to see it that way, I think um, we're able to find a, a way to move forward. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I definitely still feel it till today. And I, I am like what, like actually exactly what you said. Like, I think that this feeling of imposter syndrome is good. Mm-hmm. Cause then you, cause if you don't have it, it means that you're in the wrong room, in yeah. all the wrong rooms. That means yeah. you're just, oh, you know what? I'm on top of my game. Yep. I fear nothing. Then, <laughs> that, that literally means that, okay, then w- why, why like, are you moving? Mm. Are you trying to move? Yep. Not that comfort is bad, but, if you feel imposter syndrome, you should kind of charge towards it sometimes. I think that's the paradox of being alive and human. Yeah. You, you want you want to be comfortable, but you want to move. Yeah. And when you move, you're not comfortable and then you shrink back. But there's always this push and pull the dynamic between, I guess, these two forces of wanting to quote unquote move forward as though life is like a linear journey, but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a bit paradoxical in that sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know, um, What's up? are there, do you think there are, okay, what do you think are good elements in a story? Like when, when you're writing This Life Electric, mm. how, how, how do you start? Like what, what are some things that you definitely want to do in your story? What are some things that, because I don't know if it's possible to put everything that you want. Yeah. So I'm just curious to know what are good elements or what makes a story good? If it's you? real to you. To you. I think the first thing, it has to be real to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Tarantino recently talked about not recently I think it was a while back Mm -hmm. he was talking about he could be writing a story about a cowboy uh, trying to take over a village he could be writing about an astronaut he could be writing about anything but if in his personal life if he just broke out with his girlfriend it will find its way in the story it does not the story could still be focused on the cowboy or the astronaut but his Quentin Tarantino's heartbreak has to be inside the story or else what's the point so if you're writing something, if it feels completely distant from you, then actually what is the point? Mm. If I could, if you, if you told me if I wrote 60 Shades of Grey and I would become a billionaire or if I wrote something genuinely sincere and I earned the amount that I earn, I honestly would rather the second because the life that you live in the first one, you just publish something that you are, not nothing wrong with 50 Shades of Grey, by the way. You just, but I just published something mm. that was successful for someone else, but it has nothing to do with me. Mm. And if you feel dissociated from what you put out there in the world creatively, then it's something awful. So when I wrote this, um, instinctively, I'm like, okay, I want to I write something where a location is a, is a personality. I want, it's, it's kind of the Grand Budapest Hotel, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Straight away, the hotel is its own personality. I'm like, okay, yep. I want to create something. Okay, let's call it the Haven. All right, mm. perfect. So it's a shop house. All right, what's in there? Parties. It's a bit one-dimensional. Okay, um, so maybe it's a place that, it, it feels like a heartbeat. Oh, I like that. Okay, so if it's a heartbeat, it must have interesting characters. Mm. Let's create someone who is in love with that place. Okay, let's create the odd one out. Let's create someone who, 
all, the, all these characters yep. and then they all existed there, right? So mm -hmm. something has to shift. Mm -hmm. All right, let's create a character that goes in there for the first time. And I think that's the case with a lot of stories is where people, if people don't get along in a setting, then that's good because that lies conflict. Drama. If people get along in the setting, good. Then it shows that there's engagement and connection. Mm. And it's really all about what you want to achieve from the book. I think someone wrote, um, when you write a book, you either want people to think, to feel, or to be shocked. Is it a pick one, lose two? Not really, but it's kind of like, if you really just write to make people shocked, then good for you, right? Mm. But if you want to write to make people feel, which I do, mm -hmm. um, then I want something sincere. I want to write something that feels close to the heart, but at the same time, universal. Yep. Which is why I write in the first place. Do you still... Do you still feel that we're looking back at the novel, uh, it being published? Do you still feel transported back to what you were feeling at a point in time? Yeah. Okay. Um, full disclosure, same as my poetry collection, I can't read my novel anymore. What if someone reads it to you? Reads it to me? <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to read it now? <laughs> no, no. So, you know, so you can't read it? I can't. Okay, okay. So I had this very romantic idea where the day it gets published, I'll go to Kinokuniya and buy a copy because that was my dream as a kid. I'll, it, it used to be Borders. Yep. I'll that buy was it Kino, Borders. Yeah. yeah, right. So I said, I'll go to Kino and buy a copy. So I bought a copy and I went to my favorite cafe. Okay. I opened up the first page and I went, oh, Adam, oh, you should have, you should have started with something else. And I went, no, what, what, what's going on? So I said, I'll keep going. Chapter two. I'm like, oh God, uh, it, it, could, it could have been tighter over here. Oh, I should have done this. Or maybe that character should have been put down the back. Mm. And then as a result, like I think maybe I'm Mr. What next? Mm -hmm. I'm very much, okay, what now? What yeah. now? What now? And as a result, it's kind of hard for me to go back and look at something. Actually, thank God I'm not a singer. Why? Imagine if I had to sing like- Like, like a hit. A hit, right? And Im imagine like I'm the singer of like the Oasis. Mm -hmm. Because maybe, you know what guys? That was not a good line. You know, <laughs> let, let, let me think of a better one right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I, I know I'm quite hard on myself. I'm trying to be better at that. But I could not finish my book. So I think I read 10 chapters and just didn't continue. And I have not read my book since then. Um, the book's amazing though. Uh, please check it out. <laughs> you can buy it in thenovaencounter.com and bookstore. <laughs> okay, no, but I don't know if you get that from like past projects that you've done. Mm -hmm. And then people tell you, oh my God, I really love this thing that you did. Are you able to look back with a sort of happy nostalgia or do you part of, does part of you cringe and go, oh, I wish it was better, like whatnot? Mm, I think I've learned to, to, to recognize that train of thought. I think it really depends on who's bringing it up. So let's say if someone sees, let's say a mural that we painted, let's say outside a carton that we painted, let's say two years ago. And they told us, oh, that's amazing. That's great. Uh, I would just thank them because yeah. it's their first time uh, looking at something like that. And let's say if we were the ones doing it, we were staring at a piece of wall for like a week. So I think <laughs> there, 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 there is no, uh, I don't want to to dampen um, their appreciation. Yeah. yeah. And I think through that, no, don't really cringe. I, I, I think it's more of, oh yeah, we did that. Cool. Right. I think I have a very short term memory when it comes to the things we do. No, I love that. Yeah, because I think it's 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 healthy to not just oh we well, we painted this four story thing yeah. uh, last two years ago and to keep referencing to that. I don't think it's healthy. Because it is the idea of 
wanting to find uh, progress or momentum in a business where no one's looking out for you. Yeah. I think that at least one of the lessons I've learned uh, together with the other folks from TYC, it's that uh, the fact that no one else is looking out for us, we have to look it out for ourselves. And that means kind of charting the trajectory of A, the business, uh, B, the team, and C, for yourself. I think these are all tangentially different. They can go in different paths. And I think one thing that we try to, I guess, encourage within TYC, it's to just uh, try to do what you're thinking of, the idea that you're dreaming. Yeah, I think that is really what I hope the company will become because back in the day, you can just do one thing and you can you can kind of find a career or profession out of it. Just one thing. I meant shoes. I meant this. I meant I do this. But I think increasingly things, times are changing. You can't just do one thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to do not. a subset of different things. You have to be the alchemist where you put different things together and you form something new. I think that is because the the, the, the bar for entry and the bar for doing things is actually quite low now. Yeah. Everything is actually, um, if you're smart about it, if you're resourceful, it's actually quite easy to, to set something up. Let's say a podcast, easy to do streaming, just get the right equipment. You don't need the best. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that answer. Thank you. Um, One thing I would say though, is that thinking about uh, things I've done in the past, I wish I was able to look back with the same kind of energy that you are, where I am quite hard on myself. I think in the past when someone tells me, oh, you know, when you wrote that, I loved it. Like it made me cry or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then my immediate instinct would be like, oh, really? Oh. <laughs> and it's just awful, right? And I'll, I'll go like, oh, I, um, it's, it, it's nothing much. La. And then my friend would like, um, shout out John again. He'll pull me aside and he's like, you know that when someone tells you that what you did affected them in a positive way. Why would you be a dick? <laughs> and, and <laughs> I, I friend's right. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was being a dick. And I just go like, oh, and he says, I know you're being self-deprecating. But in that moment, if you share a moment of happiness with them, it's better than you feeling bad about yourself. And that immediately was, it immediately woke me up. So yeah. when people tell me, oh, I really like what you do, I always say thank you. I think one, one, one of the funniest traits about being a creative in whatever sense of the word, let's say you are a poet, you are an artist, you are looking internally. Yeah. And I think, as I said, a strength could be a weakness as well. If you're looking at things too internally, everything's a personal thing. And if someone ap appreciates something because it is a train of thought or a piece of work that you have done two years ago, you're no longer the individual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. And let's say when someone says that is good, you are ways beyond that individual. So you would think, why Why would you think that's good? Yeah. But because as I said, if I were to read your poetry, I read your poetry, it's fantastic because it's the first time oh, thanks, I'm, I'm, I'm reading something like that. If it's the first time uh, someone is presenting to me the words being placed in this sentence like this, in this cadence. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, 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 as I said, the, personality swings, it benefits each other. Yeah. Being too much of a creative kind of just makes you want to go to a cabin and isolate yourself and live JD alone. Salinger. <laughs> just but, do that shit. Yeah, but being too much of a business individual or and in whatever personality traits that has, it's very restrictive. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So it's, a, it's a balance of, I think, being detached at the right time and appreciating, yeah, like what your friend said, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to phrase it in one sentence, just don't be a dick, right? Just don't be a dick. Um... I'm curious to know, what do you think literature and poetry, what place does it have in the modern society? If it's done correctly, it represents where we are or where we wish we could be. Okay. Or what happens if we 
maintain this harmful trajectory. What harmful trajectory are we talking about? I mean, if you look at every, any dystopian novel, it's talking about the effects of what happens when we keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at, oh God, like Hunger Games or something like that. It okay. tells you like, if you keep being greedy, if you keep like having such a far distance away from those who are suffering, these things can happen. Mm-hmm. And literature, in a way, it creates these new worlds that you can explore, you can push. Um, it's. Have you watched Mad Men? I have. Yeah. The Fury Road, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's Mad Max. Mad Men is a, is, is a TV show about- It's the advertising. Yeah, the yeah. advertising one, yeah. Um, I remember this one famous line where the, where the character says that it's not a time machine, it's a carousel about a product. What and is the context for that? Yeah. The context is that he's selling this um this camera mm-hmm. and it's about how he's telling you that this thing doesn't just tell you where you are, it tells you where you were. So he was selling the product yep, yep. as it's not a time machine, it's a carousel. And I kind of like the whole idea that when you write something, because it's personal, it's nostalgia, but at the same time, it's also about where things can be. And when literature is put to the right, um, put right, that's where it's awesome i mean i i personally am in love with words mm. so i did not know okay so basically when people tell me things i cringe okay so if someone says oh you know i really like this about you they're like, <laughs> Ooh, okay <laughs> good moment good stuff let's carry on so <laughs> but i did not but it's actually because it means so much to me mm-hmm. so one of my favorite one of my love language really is like words of affirmation and mm-hmm. like letters mm-hmm so actually till date, I've kept every single letter anyone has ever given me. Mm. Like even like followers or whatnot, where they yeah. write me a, like a letter, yep. like I keep it because it takes a lot for someone to express how they feel mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form, as long as sincere. Yeah. And that's what literature or writing or anything will always have a um, place in for me. I don't know if I sound very Miss America or Mr. Woo Woo. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But but yeah. for me, it's always been, I, I, I'm just, I genuinely just really love what words can actually do for people. It's beautiful. Yeah. And put, if put in the right way. Do you feel, um, as a writer and as mm-hmm. a poet yourself, do you feel that there is like downplaying of the, the medium of literature? <laughs> I think I asked that because um, if you look at, let's say, 100 or 200 years before, there used to be a very high um, regard yes. for the act of I think writing, scribe, uh, transcribing, or just just writing things in general, there used to be a very high regard for it. But I think these days, because I think that the visual medium has taken over, yeah, movies, yes, uh, art, because instead of conveying, instead of having to read and interpret and imagine things you have, you can just look at someone else's interpretation of things, yeah. and you can just receive information like that. Do Do you feel that way? Yeah. Um, I read somewhere that okay. Um, what are your thoughts on Mark Zuckerberg? Mm, he's an interesting individual. Yeah. Uh, I think in his own way, he genuinely believes that he's trying to do good. Yeah. But if you listen to, uh, the people that he has worked with from the early Facebook days all the way up to, I guess, the the talk around uh, Silicon Valley with regards to different uh, venture capitalists and how they speak uh, tangentially about him. He doesn't, have a very good reput- <laughs> do. he, he, he doesn't have a very good reputation. I do. He doesn't have a very good reputation. Yeah, because the as I said, he he genuinely believes he's doing good and he uses his 
the the scale of the company to trample over other businesses. Yes. I think trampling is the word. It's like, let's say if someone else is doing a new feature, he would tell his team, copy it. Absolutely. And because they have the market share, they can just- Similar to Amazon. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, the reason why I ask that is because um, at one point of time, I believe Mark Zuckerberg was trying to do something good. Mm. So I think Facebook, okay, I, I don't know how true this story is. So um, feel free to fact check me. But there was one point of time where Mark Zuckerberg found out that what was most popular um, at Facebook was cat videos, like quick cat, quick cat videos, right? So they realized that actually what would be best for this medium would be quick, um, quick uh, clips, like quick snippets. Yep. And then I think him and the team realized that no, we want to focus on long form content like whether it's text or something, are there articles? Mm -hmm. Because we want we want to stop the short attention span. So they ignored the whole short uh, clip thing. Mm -hmm. And then TikTok came yep. up. <laughs> yep. And then like they went, ah, shit. Yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar it's idea. It's a multi-billion dollar idea. Yep. So actually Facebook, I think by trying to do good, they actually missed out the chance to be even bigger. Mm. I think they could have been even bigger because TikTok could, maybe TikTok couldn't have like, took their market share if Facebook didn't pull back. Mm -hmm. Which is really interesting to me how like, now everyone's attention span is just eight seconds. Is, do, do you believe that? I personally don't. I think that right now it is true our attention span is getting um, shorter and shorter simply because there's so much information. That's why when someone tells me they read my book, like I am so grateful. Mm. I'm gonna call out my five close friends right now. <laughs> they have not read my book yet, okay? And you know what? No hate. Zero hatred, I'm totally fine. I think that's why they're all close friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but the thing is that if I wrote a song, mm. easy, four minutes, let's go. If I did a short film, 10 minutes, easy, let's go. If I drew an art piece, look at it, cool. Yep. But to read a book, that's a commitment. Yep. It's like 300 plus pages. So if you told me that you read a chapter, I would still say thank you so much. Like genuinely, like I, I never asked anyone to read my book. Mm. Um. Because it, like it's so hard for people to actually sit down and read these days, but I think that the people who still enjoy like prose, they're still out there, mm -hmm. and I love that. Are you a fan of other mediums, film, music? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm a huge pop culture geek. Mm -hmm. Um, in particular, like um, film, music, and TV shows, like all these three for yep. sure. So, in being critical of the medium of literature, what do you think its weaknesses are? What do you think literature can't do? I think it's uh, uh, like its strength is weakness, right? Literature, it can't show you what the author was seeing in their head. Mm. But at the same time, that's the beauty of it because you are able to come to that conclusion yourself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when Harry Potter movie came out. Mm, yeah. I was like, oh <laughs> God, like is that what double? Yeah. Interesting. I, I was like, oh, Sirius Black should not look like that. Oh, that's oh, that's kind of so you kind of had an image. Of yeah, and and when it like and when it came out, it was like you remember when J.K. Rowling suddenly said, "Oh, Hermione was meant to be black," and we're mm. like, "No, you did not plan that, <laughs> J.K." Yeah, so um, I think that's a limitation of literature mm -hmm. where it can express and it can describe as much as you want. Like back with um, J.R.R. Tolkien, is it J.R.R. Tolkin? Yeah, yeah. Love the he rings, would, yeah. He would, he would spend like five pages describing the Hobbit's toenails or like a tree. Yep. And you go like, bro, you don't need to explain that much. But even till then, you do not know exactly what he was thinking. Mm. But with an artist, a painter, their vision is a lot clearer. But writing actually gives room for a lot more of the reader's imagination. So that's the strength and weakness of it, I think. Mm. I find it quite interesting that 
because of to- uh, Tolkien and the films and just pop culture in general. Yeah. I think mystical creatures such as dragons and I guess trolls and gnomes and ogres, I think they're a lot more imag- imaginable. Yeah. It feels like you can just pop on, let's say, Law of the Rings or you can play a game, yeah. Warcraft, and you have a creative interpretation of what an ogre would look like. And it makes it all the more, I guess, believable. Yeah. Not realistic, but yeah, believable. But believable. Yeah. Same as Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, when I watched Jurassic Park, I was like, oh my God, dinosaurs can really exist. Like, I think I didn't, I couldn't shower for a week unless my mom was <laughs> sitting outside because I was afraid, oh, the Velociraptors can open doors, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta stay vigilant, mom. And she's like, well, honestly speaking, if a, if a Velociraptor came in, what the hell do you think I'm going to do? Pee your pants, probably. Yeah. And get eaten. <laughs> she's like, well, honestly, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, mom. You could try speaking to her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, you know, this really ain't cool, okay? This is my space. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I guess that's what happens. Like, films really made you believe in things because it was visible right mm. there in front of you. Yep. Curious to know, have you consumed something recently that surprised you? You mean food? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, so in terms of the media. Yep. Surprised me. Can I just say that I really didn't like the new Thor movie? Okay. I, th- I think that seems to be like the common consensus. Yeah, I was like, wow, what happened? Okay, so, um, hmm. wait, let me think. Really surprised me. Can, can you think of one? Uh, not at the moment. Yeah, that's a good question. Something that surprised me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. I'll check back in later. Yeah. So to follow up that question, um, are there differences between the type of media you consume and the type of media that you write? Hmm. Differences. Or are there similarities? Definite similarities. I really like ma- um, ma- magical realism. Mm-hmm. Um, in This Life Electric, I didn't get to play with it that much. But I enjoy putting snippets in there. Okay. Um, but in general, I okay. So they, um, for example, Jeanette Winterson, she likes to put people in a real world. But something happens, you go like, "Wait, oh wow, that's cool." So for for instance, there's a part of the story where, um, she says, "Oh, my ex." Um, to, she she says to the main character, she says, "My ex still has my heart," and the first thing you think of is like, "Oh, she's still heartbroken." No, he goes to the ex, the ex girlfriend's house into a safe to take a beating heart. And you're like, wait, no, that's symbolism mm-hmm. at the same time yep, yep. that is, that's magic. And I love that. So in terms of books and like poetry, I just love when people push the envelope just a little bit. Like not fully dystopian, but just push it a little bit where it could exist in our world. But there's just a little bit of strange in there. And when there's a bit of strange, there's a bit of magic. Do you think it has to be believable? No. Okay. That's the awesome thing. Yeah. So to that, is that a, is that a right way to write? No. Okay. Not at all. But I, I think if there are gatekeepers to writing, there was the point. Mm. It's kind of like, um, okay, so there's an ongoing debate about comedy ever since Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Okay. And I, Comedy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, because uh, it was uh, a comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like, okay. oh, more, more, wait, not, not comedy, more like um, humor, sorry, mm-hmm. humor. And people are saying that, oh, if, um, some people are saying that, oh, good for Will Smith for standing up for his wife or good for him. Like, I totally would have done that. And I'm like, Really? Because if you start drawing the line of what people are okay and allowed to say, then what's the point of humor in the first place? Mm. I had a friend who, um, I definitely will not be saying his name. He was uh, raped um, and it was awful. Mm. Like he he went into depression. He was Mm. absolutely broken. And what he did to get over it was do stand-up comedy. And he made a joke about rape. 
and someone in the audience like stood up and yelled, hey man, how can you fucking say something like that? You know, I have a friend who was, and then my friend yelled back, he said, I was raped. Mm-hmm. This is my way of dealing with this. Yep. Who are you to tell me how someone can deal with something? And I think that when you start taking things away about what we can say, it ruins what expression even is. Mm. And well, I just did the weirdest expression. You thing did, with, actually. I did yeah. the weirdest thing with my hands, yeah. <laughs> it was like a lotus leaf being torn apart. <laughs> Symbolism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just don't like that. And I think that even if someone was saying something insulting to me or insulting to someone I care about, physical violence makes you lose right away. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, f- for me anyway, I think that that's where conversation and discourse comes in. Mm-hmm you have to have discourse or you have to have a discussion on a, on a real, genuine way. Um, and that's what the whole point of discourse is about, coming to an agreement like midway. And you, and if you start picking apart the things that we are allowed to say or allowed to do, mm-hmm. then what's the point of creativity in the first place? Some people might argue that it's increasingly difficult to find uh, some semblance of understanding and agreement. Yeah, yeah. We, are, we, are, we are in, the, in that era the, the cancel culture era, yeah. the um, I, I um, I need to pander, I need to say certain things, and I, it just makes me a little bit sad about how big of a divide this seems to be between people, mm-hmm. and I just wish there was a way that everyone could, because I think I um, oh, there was this book, um, I think it's called the Eichmann Trail or some uh, uh, Eichmann Trial or something like that, mm-hmm. where it was about a man saying that he had an interview with a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And when he talked to the Nazi, he genuinely did not hate the man, even though mm-hmm. the man was an awful human being. Because he said that when you sit across from another individual, there's almost no way you can fully hate them. Mm. Because as long as you're both having a sincere moment, you can't hate someone. What do you think about, what do you think that is? Is it just the presence, the physical presence? No, or I think something you, else. Yeah, that's a good question. I think just any conversation one-on-one, you there will always be some middle ground because we are here in this moment. Mm-hmm. There must be something that brought us both here. Mm-hmm. And I th- there was another one with um, uh, a prisoner talking to, uh, an ex-convict of 20 years talking to a policeman of 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they both had a beer each and they had to ask each other questions about what they agree and disagree with. And if you disagree, move your beer to the left. Mm-hmm. If you agree, move it to the right. And they, would, they disagreed on pretty much everything. And at the end, they said, would you sit down and have another beer? And they both put it to agree. Wow. Because for some way, shape or form, they came to an understanding that you are this way, I'm this way. But yep. that does not mean we cannot coexist. Yep. And we should coexist because difference is where the most awesome thing ha- things happen. Or so, it comes an echo chamber, right? Yep. Yeah. So perhaps in another life, they could be best friends. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. Honestly, if, when I'm, I remember there were a few things I said just now that you had a different viewpoint of, right? Which is awesome. If after I said that, you just went, I agree. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then what's the point of us even being here? Because we both had different experiences. We both have different mindsets. That's the awesome thing about this. I think it's impossible to have a hundred percent similar mindset. Yeah. Because everyone has a different experience of life. Yeah. Even twins, siblings under the same household, yes. they will take things differently. And that could be genetic. That could be just the mind perceiving things differently. But I do believe that it's it's impossible to get hundred percent similar that's yeah. like a clone but even as a clone because it's you you'll perceive things differently as well <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to know what, what keeps you grounded these days 
how do you stay grounded in, as you say, in, in a world where things are becoming increasingly polarized, like there's uh, heaps of information out there, yeah. yeah, fake information as well. What, what, what keeps you grounded? I'm a broken record at this point, but it really is intimacy. Okay. Like the intimacy that I share. So I always state this, uh, 2021 was like really the worst year of my life. Like, um, a, a lot of things were not going my way and it felt like I was in a storm, like a perpetual storm. Mm -hmm. Do you know there's, there's this card, like there was a Winnie Poo, the Pooh card, I think it's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh cartoon mm -hmm. where he insults a cloud and then the cloud follows him to his house. Mm -hmm. He goes into his bed and the cloud is there and it's raining on him and wherever he goes, the cloud follows him. Yep. And it kind of felt that was me, that wherever I went, it was, I, was, I was just so tired of everything. Mm -hmm. But still at live events, I had to smile. Um, it's painful. Yeah, I had to just, when people would be telling me, oh, like, are you excited about like blah, blah, blah. I had to like do promotions and it, it was just quite tiring. At one mm -hmm. point, like the start of this year, I wrote to my followers, I said that um, I'll be completely frank, last year sucked, but good, like, good things happen to those who wait. Mm. Better things happen to those who move. And I'm really sick of feeling sorry for myself. So I'm going to move. And I started just trying to say yes to everything. Like literally, if someone's like, bro, we're going to go, um, we're going to go skydiving. I'll be like, sure. I was like, hey, um, I want to introduce you to someone. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I'll say yes to anything. Mm. And I got to a point, the more I moved, the more I realized what my tether was. It's kind of like that Paulo Coelho, um, the alchemist, where he travels the whole world and comes back and comes finds back, out where yeah. his treasure is. Yep. Um, I felt that. And now that I recognize what my tethers are, that's what keeps me grounded. Like the routine of seeing these people, of talking mm. to these people, of caring for these people. Yep. That's what keeps me centered, um, despite how I move. It's, it's, it's funny you bring up that book because my next question to you is, what part of the journey do you think you're at right now? <laughs> Huh. After going through 2021, and I think you mentioned at the start of 2022, having the agency in yourself to, to want to move, and it's been yeah. eight months since. So what, what part of the journey are you at? Because you have talked about how when you started, you had this speech impairment, but slowly but surely, you 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 started going outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah. So where, where do you think you're at right now? I love where I'm at. Mm. Like, I think for the first time in a long time, I can say, oh, I freaking love where I'm at. I've always had a good life. Mm -hmm. I've had bad days and bad moments, but I've always had a good life. Um, and I forgot that last year and I'm back. And so I think that where I am right now, a buddy, like, oh, I keep saying that, yeah, but I always get inspired by people around me. Like a friend of mine told me that I, there's so like, wait, I, I need to phrase it properly. I don't have everything that I want, but there are so many things that I wanted that I have now, mm. which is powerful because yep. you realize that you're so lucky mm -hmm. and there's so many things that we should be grateful for. And when I look at what I have now and what I've been lucky to explore, so this is the first year I'm properly only focusing on Nova Encounter. Mm. The last few years, I was still doing the agency, uh, my other business. Yep. I'm still part of those businesses, but I fully stepped back. And mm. this is the first year I'm going full charge at all my creative pursuits and it's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, and it feels like everything in my life is, good. I mean, don't want to jinx it, but everything in my life in terms of any kind of proper relationship of intimacy, that's what keeps me grounded while I still keep moving. That's great. 
How about you? What's the question? Where do you think you are in life right now? And like, what keeps you grounded? Dramatic mm. silence. I think I keep myself grounded. I think the fact that uh, we're still running this business. Yeah five six plus years and we're still trying to constantly push the are you guys six years in six seven yeah oh me too we stopped counting wow well, we start we start about the same time it, yeah yeah that's awesome yeah seven yeah yeah, yeah so six that. years in you're, you're yeah. still going strong yeah i think at a point in time i personally stopped counting because it's it's about the the number doesn't really matter to yeah. me the amount of years um or the reputation don't really matter to me, as I mentioned. Uh, I told myself to have a very short-term uh, memory. So whatever, the only project that matters to me is what we're doing next. <laughs> What's on the horizon? What are we planning? What? Uh, how? How can we make things a little bit more different? I love so that. I believe maybe by the time this episode comes out, um, a project that I've been wanting to do for a while, it's gonna come out, hey. and it's. We're making sock puppets. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was not expecting yeah, Exactly. So, um, because we make product, we make merchandise with yeah. our art. And I was like, why not just make sock puppets? I mean, we're already making a sock. It's just going the extra mile to include the the different gups of the eyes and yeah. everything. And we make it just a little bit more fun like that. Nobody nobody does it. Everybody Cute. always have this very serious because we 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 have a lot of friends in uh to dabbles and streetwear like the hundred we have done all those and those will continue. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like I just want to do something that nobody will expect. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not expect that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think anybody will expect that because it's so um, going back to what I feel I think TYC should stand for I think it's more of having the space to create I guess just that that strange idea that you have kept at the back of your mind for X number of years yeah yeah you should really have the space and I guess have the 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 personal what's the word for it the personal power and strength to 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 do it to, to push it through yeah, yeah? I want to just, I, I kind of want to do the things that like you guys are doing too. Like, I don't want to just do live type of poetry. I mean, like, I love doing it, but I want to do other things. I want to do murals. Um, I want to do live installations. I want to do things that really pop. And this is my first year that I can actually try and I want to actually try it. So um, I really actually am inspired by the stuff that you guys do. So I was thank really you. flattered that you guys asked me for this podcast. And thank you for saying yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah for sure. Um it's just really an awesome thing when you get to see people actually really dive in creativity. Like head first, heart first, soul first. It's just awesome to witness. I think I think it's interesting because um, if you ask, let's say, the other members of, of TYC, they will each have a different uh, definition because I think people would ask us, oh, what, what's, what's your favorite uh, mm. piece of work you've done? And oh, I They think, always ask that. They yeah, and, ask I, I think my answer has always been what we're going to do next. Because yeah. as I said, there's no point in resting on your laurels and no point. We we did our biggest mural uh sometime last year in October. Like we our, our biggest project actually, we we were we were told to curate seven different art, eight different artists 
And we were given Jurong, like Jurong Town Council. We worked with them and we curated all the different spots and we painted like a four-story mirror. And that was our biggest. Oh my God, so, four stories? Yeah, so at that point in time, before that, we we always, or I wanted to do like an outdoor mirror, like three, four-story size. So up after we did it, it was like, that, that's it? It's like, yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. And so we could always reference back to, oh, we did that. And I mean, from a business side of it, of course, we have it in our portfolio. People can can go to Jurong now and look at it. But I think to me, it's what's going to happen next. Because yeah. I think that is where the you are pushing, you're constantly pushing the boundary of what you are comfortable with. Even though pushing, doing the sock puppet and doing something else is so uncomfortable, but you're just constantly trying to push that. Yeah. In, 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 in closing, um, I have two more questions. So my first question is, what genre do you think your life up to right now, your life up to this point would be? What genre of a book, movie, what genre would it be? And what is the synopsis for it? Oh, I love that. Why don't you fill the silence with something else? Or, is it, or is it, I'll just hum while I... You think. could. I kind of think that it it wouldn't be a movie it's like a TV show because you know why movies usually in two hours it's hard to stretch what okay because I personally love character development like it it really gets to me so if you it, have you watched Breaking Bad? I have. One of the best shows ever made, right? Um, the reason, the whole point of, of the show was to make, because everyone like starts out like with bad guys, slowly turns good, mm. right? But this is the first show where it's a really nice guy becoming evil. Mm. And I love that. Um, so, you, but you could not do that in two hours. Mm, you can't. It would feel weird. Yeah. When to really see the destruction of his soul in five seasons, you go like, wow, there's something wrong with this dude. So it will be a TV show. And I think that mine was previously on Adam's life. Last year was where it literally was, okay, rock bottom. Mm. Like you, there's nothing you can feel that could be worse than this. So that's the end of season yeah. one. Uh? Yeah, season, <laughs> no, no, I think that was like season three or some shit. Okay, like okay. That. Yeah, but and, and when you think, like okay, I think some, like someone once said, like if you if you think you're in hell, why would you stay there? Mm. So I really decided like, no, I, I, need get, I need to get out of this. This is so toxic. And I felt very fake because every day I was telling people, oh, you know, like, beauty of life is human connection oh you must be happy and I was like no like I'm miserable I feel like a phony I feel fake and when I told myself that I would get out of it and focus on personal relationships on work on balance so I remember I went for like a 15km run Fifth, wow like no I, and, I, and I'm not like an expert in that but I just literally put on my running shoes I said screw it like Forrest Gump I'm like I'm just yeah. gonna run so I just ran into the night <laughs> and it felt great so it's the whole thing about now is my, like I want this to be like my redemption chapter mm. where it's, it was meant to be a tragedy, but it's not. I refuse to let it be a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll see where we go from here. I, that is not an answer. What kind of genre do we have? It's not dystopian. Good to know. <laughs> it is not tragedy there we go it's not a rom-com it's not a thriller it could be slice a, of life it could be a new genre yeah 
Slice of life. Well, that's a really hard question. Sorry. I will check back. Yeah, check it back. I think my last question to you is... Yes, sir. How would you define success right now? You know, for the longest time, I used to always define success by the means of other people. Because um, when you look at your Instagram, everyone has their roly uh, while driving a Bentley, right? Mm-hmm. Or someone is like in the Caribbean with like his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or someone is like buying his mama house or something like yep, that, yep. right? And the whole point about success, it, it ties into happiness because success means nothing without happiness. Mm. And if you're not happy, then what's the point? So for me, I'd rather say what does happiness means to me because that ties into success. Mm-hmm. Success means being happy. Mm-hmm. It's not being rich. Being rich is the means to being happy because I, 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 um, I genuinely don't think people want to be billionaires. People just want to be able to do what they want and spend on what they want. At the end of the day. Yeah. I don't need to be a billionaire. If I can be financially comfortable, oh, I sound like those, hey, you give me 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I can record that for you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's as long as you, as I'm able to spend on what I want, to do what I want, I don't need that much money. And that is happiness to you? Happiness to me is being able to make people feel less alone. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Whether it's, people in my life mm-hmm. or people who write in or people who read what I do. If I can say that people were happier after meeting me and they actually believed a little bit more in human sincerity and that my writing actually did benefit or affect them in a good way, then yeah, I- I'm a success. And I don't plan on being complacent about it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a beautiful ambition to have. Oh, thanks, man. Um, before we end the episode, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Are you happy? Mm. I always like asking this question, especially to friends or people, mm-hmm. simply because it's the simplest kind of question to ask, mm-hmm. but it's the most layered. Mm-hmm. So I think yes, because I define happiness as just a lack of sadness. Damn, that's a... Yeah, I mean, that is how I think the whole light and dark kind of works. Right. So if you define it as that, then technically you're just happy every day. But what if there's a middle ground to it? It's happy, sad, and then there's just mundane in the middle. I guess it really depends on how you want to see it and how blind you are to any other definitions. Right. Ultimately, it's what makes you work. It's yeah. what makes you tick and what makes you uh, function at a particular point in time. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay so where can people uh find you online do you have anything you want to promote uh not anything at the moment um you can find me on the novaencounter.com or instagram the nova encounter mm-hmm. that's where i'm the most um the, the that's where i'm the most active at mm-hmm. um but in general just or if you want to ask me any questions just hit me up on fridays that's why i have my every friday is Q&As. that particular timing no, it's just the whole day. Gotcha. Yeah. So like um, a DM? Yeah. No, it's not a DM. It's uh, is, is those NGLs. Okay. Yeah. But before NGLs, it was like a normal uh question, question, yeah, yep. question thing. But I realized with NGLs, people prefer it so they don't feel so self-conscious. Gotcha. Um, but that's generally what I am doing right now. I hope that I'm able to keep doing what I do while paying my own pills and also not worrying about uh, worrying on a day-to-day basis. Because I genuinely do enjoy um, being here and doing what I do. And I'm working on my next novel, which is untitled so far. 
but I really hope it blows this Life Electric out of the water. Untitled so far is the title. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. It, it's Untitled so far. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a cute name though. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. This has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.